All right, let's go ahead and get started here. We'll continue the series, like I said, about uh, using the law lawfully. We'll be looking at the commandment in the Old Testament on cursing or smiting parents. And so it's parents in general, but since it's Mother's Day, it also applies to children who curse or smite or strike uh, their mom. So let's look at the Old Testament command. And then we'll see if this actually applies to us as Gentile believers. So Exodus chapter 21 will be in verse number 15 and verse 17. He that smiteth his father or his mother shall be surely put to death. And then go to verse 17. And he that curseth his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. So here we have a two-part command here. Of course, they're separated by another verse, but they go together and most uh, people who look at these commands put them together but the command here is that you're not to curse your father or mother and you're not to smite your father or mother or to strike them or hit them with a fist or with an object um, so that's the, the command and the Jews were commanded we see here that they were commanded to kill anyone who did this anyone who cursed their father or mother or who struck their father, father or mother this is repeated throughout the Old Testament. Let's go to Leviticus chapter 20. Let's see a couple of instances of this. Leviticus chapter 20, and we'll be in verse 9. Leviticus 29. For everyone that curseth his father or his mother shall be surely put to death. He hath cursed his father or his mother, his blood shall be upon him. Okay, and so here we have another repetition of the same passage. That if you curse your father or mother, you are to be put to death. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 27. Deuteronomy 27 and verse 16. Cursed be he that setteth light by his father or his mother, and all the people shall say, Amen. So this is a review of the law at the end of Deuteronomy, and reviewing the laws about the relationship that children are to have to their father and mother. Uh, God said that's all summarized in this phrase, Cursed be he that setteth light by his father or his mother. And the response of all the people to that was, Amen, meaning they agree to that going to live by that and abide by that. And so we have the same thing repeated here. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 20. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 20 and verse number 20. Whoso curseth his father or his mother, his lamp shall be put out in obscure darkness. And then turn over a few pages to Proverbs 30 and verse number 11. Proverbs 30, verse number 11. There is a generation that curseth their father and doth not bless their mother. And it goes on to talk about this evil generation, but jump down to verse 17. 
The eye that mocketh at his father and despiseth to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out, and the young eagles shall eat it. Okay, so here again we see this concept that curse your father or mother, refuse to obey them, uh, those children, those people, they are to be put to death. They're going to die. And you can see in the book of Proverbs, these two passages here indicate that God himself will see to it that the punishment is carried out, even if men don't do it. Um, so someone that, that strikes his parents, curses his parents, you know, leaves the house, and there's no repercussions from men for that, God himself is going to see that that person is punished, and that person is going to uh, face death as a result of how they treated their parents. And so this whole series of commands here that we see throughout the Old Testament about those who curse their father or mother being put to death, is it's actually the negative of an earlier command. Let's go back to Exodus chapter 20. Verse 12, we're in the negative commandments. And this is phrased in that passage as sort of a positive commandment, as in a positive duty that the parents or the government has to punish the kids who do this. Uh, but it's a negative commandment to the kids, an implied negative commandment that you're not to curse or strike your parents. It's the opposite of the positive commandment in Exodus 20, verse number 12. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. And so here in the positive commandment, there is a hint at the negative, and that you see that thy days may be long upon the land Lord, thy God give it to you. The implication is, if you don't do this, if you don't honor your father and your mother, your days are not going to be long upon the land. You're going to have a shortened life and uh, end up dying early uh, because of the fact that you do not honor your father and your mother. Okay, so that's the, the Old Testament command. It's very harsh. Uh, it's a very strict command. Uh, it's something that a lot of our modern American skeptics look at this and say, that's awful, how could you possibly worship a God who would command such a thing? It's terrible that God is commanding for parents to kill their kids, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's a, it's a, it seems very harsh in our eyes as modern Americans. But let's look at the New Testament application, see if we can get some more. Yes. Was it more of a Yeah, um, that's one of the um, modern Christian interpretations that this is just sort of a general warning that this is the way God's going to handle it if the parents don't, you know, have control of their kids. That's not the way it's been understood throughout most history. That's a very modern view of that, um, which we're going to look at that uh, a little bit here in a second. But, but yeah, it's it is uh, it is very strict in the law. Now, in Proverbs, it's a general thing that God's going to see to it that this takes place, that they are punished for it. Um, so basically, in Proverbs, it's sort of a be, see, be sure your sins will find you out type of situation. You're not going to get away with this. But in the in the Old Testament law, in the Exodus, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy, it was that the parents were to 
not that the parents were to intentionally kill the kids themselves, but that the kids who smote their parents or cursed their parents were to be killed. Now, it was the government's responsibility to do that. Um, the government was to take the testimony of the parents and testimony of the community. You have to have at least two eyewitnesses to the to the act uh, in order for them to be put to death and then a trial and then they would be put to death by stoning. So it was, it was to be a, a government function. So yeah, the parents very likely would not be uh, inclined to do it, but if someone hit his mom out in public and you've got 20 witnesses seeing the guy hit his mom, yeah. he's going to be put to death. Yeah. There's no way around that, whether the mom goes to bat for him or not. He's, that's it. That's what the, the law commanded. Unfortunately, the Jews didn't follow this, just like they didn't follow all the other laws. And, you still have uh, Israel falling into decay repeatedly throughout the, their history. And then they would turn back to the law and they would follow the law and then they would get away from it. And, you know, it's an endless cycle throughout their history. All right, but let's look at the, the New Testament. Um, the New Testament doesn't just apply <clears throat> some of this to us, but it also clarifies the Old Testament law a little bit. It uh, helps us to understand what's going on here. So let's first we're going to look at the positive command that this was a negative for. That positive command is re expressly repeated in the New Testament along with the promise for long life, which carries that implication that if you don't do this, your life is going to be shortened. We can see that in Ephesians chapter 6. And verses 1 through 3. So Ephesians chapter 6. <clears throat> Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And so here we have the same repetition of the Old Testament law for honoring your parents. And the same implication is here that since this commandment has the promise that doing this, honoring your parents, produces long life, the opposite must be true. Dishonoring your parents does not produce a long life. So you're going to die early if you dishonor your parents. That's the implication there. So that same implication is present in the New Testament and the express repetition of the Old Testament law for honoring your parents. Okay, so now let's look at a repetition in the New Testament of the same law about cursing your parents. Let's go to Matthew chapter 15. And this is actually in both Matthew and Mark. So we have two of the Gospels that... give us this account. It's interesting, though, in, in Matthew, um, <clears throat> after Christ gives this account, then he follows it with a short parable explaining it a little bit. And then in Matthew, it says that Peter came to uh, Christ and uh, said, "We don't under I don't understand this. Explain this to me. In Mark, it's interesting that because, or in Mark, it's interesting that it doesn't say Peter. It just says the disciples came to him and asked for an explanation. And most people believe that Mark got most of his account that he wrote down from Peter. 
but because Mark was Peter's disciple, he was his servant and followed him and, and ministered to him in his journeys. And I think that's where Mark got all those accounts. But Mark very seldom in Mark will you see him identify Peter as doing something wrong. And the other gospels, Peter did this wrong and Peter did that wrong and Peter did that. Mark is just the disciples did this wrong. And it's interesting that shows up in this passage also. Uh, but we're not going to get into that too much. We're not going to get that far down into it. But let's start in verse number one. Then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. But he answered and said unto them, Why do ye also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? And a lot of folks stop there. Um, and they say, okay, see, the Pharisees were so focused on tradition, they were accusing the disciples of breaking tradition, and Jesus said, that's terrible, you know, tradition isn't what matters, You, what matters is the commandment of God, and you're breaking the commandment of God by your tradition. But very few people actually think, well, what tradition was he talking about? What exactly, what commandment were they breaking by that tradition? And the commandment that they were breaking, that Jesus rebuked them for, is the commandment that we're looking at about killing the children who curse or smite their parents. Let's read it, verse number 4. For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother, and he that curseth father or mother, let him die the death. <clears throat> but ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, It is a gift, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me and honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have ye made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. And then he went on and continued to rebuke them. Um, but it's interesting that Christ, first of all, combined those two commandments into one, showing that the positive and the negative go together. So when you have the positive, like we have in Ephesians 6, the negative aspect of that commandment is included as part of it. Um, and Christ pointed that out uh, right here with him saying that you're to honor your father and mother and he that curses father or mother, let him die the death. And then it's also interesting that he sort of implies that this punishment for breaking this commandment was applied against adult children. That this is not against you know, infants and babies and you know, toddlers and children like that. This is applied against adult children because here we have a man who says to his father or his mother, it is a gift by whatsoever thou mayest be profited by me. In other words, he's supposed to take care of his parents. That's part of honoring his parents is he's supposed to take care of his parents. Uh, he owes them a certain duty as they get up in age and he becomes the, the provider of the home. And if he says, oh, wait a minute, this, this isn't my duty over here, this section here, this is a gift. Uh, and so then if he decides not to give that gift anymore, well, there's no punishment for that. You know, it's no longer his duty because he said it was a gift, therefore it was a gift, and he can stop a gift anytime. Uh, and so then he can let his parents uh, basically, you know, rot in a retirement home type of thing, situation. Uh, no one to take care of them, not spend any time with them completely, uh, disregard them in his life and allows it was a workaround they got in the law 
where they said, you know, hey, if you just say this is a gift, you, you're blessed by my presence, then uh, you no longer have to give your parents your presence as you're an adult and they're, they're getting on up in years. Uh, and so that situation isn't going to occur with a young child. A young child is not going to have a possessions that he can give his parents. So obviously Jesus is talking about adult children here. So that sort of implies that the punishment of death was not toward young children. It was toward adult children. And the same thing applies that I didn't write down the reference, but in Deuteronomy where it talks about uh, the parents bringing a, a child to the, the uh, elders at the gate, the child has been disobedient and the child is going to be stoned. And it talks about them bringing the child to the elders, and they just list a bunch of things that this child has done wrong, and then the elders are to stone him. The list of things he done, has done wrong includes drunkenness and gluttony, which is not something that you know an eight-year-old is going to be guilty of. Uh, you're not going to have an eight-year-old running around behind his parents' backs and uh, being a drunkard and being gluttonous. So this is very obviously talking about adult children uh, and it's when it's talking about the, the disobedient child. And so you see that throughout the scriptures when you have the references to children being killed because of uh, the parents. The context kind of uh, implies that this is always talking about adult children. It's not said expressly to talk about adult children, but you can see that a little bit in the context just like here this this is the actions of an adult not the actions of a young child now one thing to keep in mind in jewish culture a man became or a boy became a man at 12 years old in his 12th birthday you have the bar mitzvah that's the um, he's now no longer a son of his parents he's now a son of the law that's what bar mitzvah uh, means is he's become a son of the law. So he's now a man. He's accountable to the law, not accountable to his parents anymore. Uh, and so in that culture, 12 years old, that's when a boy became a man. And this could be applied, could be applying to teenagers and not just to what we would consider adults in our culture, someone that's 18 years of old. 18 years old or older. Um, but this also, another thing that we see here when we're looking at Christ's repetition of this law is that what he rebuked them for was going around the death penalty for this command. And he said, you've made the command of God of none effect. Now that command is both the command to honor your parents and the command against cursing your parents. And he said, you've made that, that whole section of commandments of no effect. It's pointless because you got rid of the death penalty for those who curse their parents. Uh, and it makes it kind of plain here that Christ took the Old Testament law about the death penalty for kids who curse their parents. He took that seriously. It wasn't just, this is just a warning uh, for, you know, like you mentioned, it's just a general warning that God's going to cause them to die. He says, you have made God's law of no effect because you took away the death penalty for this law. Uh, and so he made it very strict. And it's, it's interesting to note, this is very contrary to the way we think of parenting in America. 
course, parenting in America is nothing to brag about right now. <laughs> if you look at most kids and their parents and their relationship, it's, it's not something we want to say, hey, we're the greatest in the world and you know, everyone should follow our example. But this is very contrary to the way we view parenting in America. But when you read the older commentaries talking about this verse, it's interesting that most of them viewed the possibility of children cursing or striking their parents as something that was so rare that it really wasn't even worth mentioning. It, when they did talk about this passage, most of them just kind of went over it and didn't talk about it. When they did talk about this passage, it was like their attitude was, this is it's nothing we have to worry about. You know, this won't happen hardly any at all. In those rare instances, yes, this is what should be done. This is what God uh, wants to be done. But it's hardly ever going to happen. It's something that's just completely foreign to uh, Christian homes that this would ever occur. That's a, that's a big difference from today. Uh, in their view, any child who would do such a thing must be so far given to depravity that to fail to put that child to death would produce a future of cruel barbarism for that child and also for the nation. That's the exact phrase that Calvin used, John Calvin, when he wrote about it. He said that eliminating the death penalty here would produce a future of cruel barbarism. Uh, that a child who would actually strike his parents or curse his parents must be so far uh, from being rescued and turned back to God that killing him is, is an act of mercy. That's the way John Calvin viewed this passage. Um, there's no question in the mind of the older commentaries that capital punishment was justly deserved in these cases. Because in order for a child to do that, in their mind, that child had to really be messed up in the head uh, in order to turn and strike his parents. And compare that today to uh, modern America. We look on commandments like this with revulsion, wonder how God can be so cruel and, and all that. But at the same time, our society is inundated with children who curse and strike their parents. I see it all the time. Uh, kids that have no problem uh, using the most vile language that you can imagine against their parents. Kids that will actually you know, turn in and punch their parents because their parents aren't giving them what they want. You know, we look at how our society is progressing and compare it to some societies in the past, not all, but you can compare it to some Christian societies in the past. And I think we can agree with Calvin that the failure to follow God's law in the area of requiring children and forcing children to honor their parents and not allowing them to get away with cursing and striking their parents that has literally produced a society that's filled with cruel barbarism uh, in America today. And the future doesn't look bright because of that, because we allow the kids to have such disrespect to our parents uh, and to have such attitude toward their parents. It's, it doesn't look good for the future of America. And we're going to have to, the church is going to have to start taking a stand and saying, we're not going to allow this, this is not right. And they're going to have to start teaching the parents that these uh, parenting textbooks and all these parenting magazines that tell you that you should never tell your kid no, uh, these ones that say that it's okay for your kid to 
uh, pitch a fit, he'll grow out of it, it's just the stage he's in, you know, that's just his way of expressing himself right now, you just need to kind of love him and you know, gently teach him that in the future he needs to express himself differently. You know, the church needs to stand up and say, that's hogwash. That's not what the Bible says. That, that stuff should be punished, be punished severely, and you should, you know, to use Barney Fife's phrase, you know, great theologian there, you should nip it in the bud uh, and get rid of it early so that by the time they get to be teenagers, you don't have that problem. Uh, and at that point, by the time you get to be teenagers, the proper response for the government, according to God, is capital punishment. Uh, for that type of attitude toward the parents. Now, we can't take vigilante action. That's not what God's saying. That's, that's very much opposed to everything in Scripture for individuals to go out and kill people just because they think that person has violated a commandment. That's condemned frequently in the Bible. But the government's responsibility is to enforce that, to enforce good character in the home. And our government is failing that course, our government believes you can't enforce morality at all, which is ridiculous, but it's uh, not looking good for America's future as a result. But anyway, that's the Old Testament law. That's the only one we're going to look at today with the uh, law against cursing or smiting your parents. It's a great law to be talking about on Mother's Day. <laughs> Any comments or questions on that one? Yes. Yes, that's right. You can play it in, when you're in the nursing home. <laughs> but if, if, if you do, none of us are going to come visit. <laughs> Anything else? I think, you know, it's, it's, when you look throughout, as the world is laid out, I mean, the whole, I mean, God is trying to just, like you say, nothing but evil in itself and anything that evil can brew. Any actions that evil go on later on, I think those things he definitely had some harsh standards, you know, even to the effect of, you know, execution and stuff like that. And, and like you said, we see in our society, you know, the death penalty for killing someone. I mean, how many states, you know, have, I mean, now we have all kinds of sciences to prove whether or not actually happened, mm -hmm. and then, you know, the people who are put in place to make that judgment, the juries, you know, where they get their truth from to make the right judgment to pronounce someone to be punished unto death, so it's, uh, again, it's all about just evil, it's what's there, and evil is growing continuously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, repeatedly throughout the Old Testament, when God talks about the death penalty, he'll attack, attach a phrase on the end of a passage talking about the death penalty that is, that all the earth may hear, or that all of Israel may hear, and fear. And so the purpose of the death penalty was to strike fear in the hearts of everyone who heard about it being applied. Not just heard about the penalty. It was when, when this penalty is applied, everyone's going to hear about it, and they're all going to fear. And it gives a deterrent measure uh, to that penalty. And so you have fewer people committing the crime because the penalty is so strict and severe, and people are afraid of the penalty. Uh, and so they won't do the crime. Yes? 
Well, I think, you know, obviously the Lord gave us, you know, his word as a guide for raising our children and the standards that they should abide by. And, you know, if society today, if they're turning their back on the Bible, they're just, you know, it's everybody for themselves. And mm-hmm. There's no standards, there's no guidelines, there's no rules that, you know, they're doomed for failure. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just a downward spiral that we're seeing throughout the country as more and more families push God out of their own. Yeah. Yeah. The key to bringing our society back to the, the greatness that it used to be. You, know, you have the whole Trump slogan, make America great again. You can't make America great again unless you follow the one who made America great in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we have to get back to the Bible. We have to get our society back to God. And that's the church's responsibility. We're the ones failing our society. And that's the reason our society is going downhill. Because as the church... We are supposed to be influencing the community around us uh, in such a way that we drive them back to God. And we're failing to do that. We're failing to do that here at Mountain View, not just the church in general. Our church is failing to do that. And we need to step up to the plate and accept our responsibility. That's that the men of the church, this class, we're the ones supposed to be leading in that. And we need to take account for that, or give account for that, and uh, uh, start making some dif- some differences, and start reaching out to the community more. But anyway, uh, that's a... On another note, since we have a minute, um, I was just wondering how you think uh, things are going to turn out in um, Montgomery over the abortion uh, bill that they're trying to push through. 